Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of My Understanding, Learning from Successful Women. I'm the host, Ray Holdridge, and this is the podcast where I sit down and try to learn from women in different fields, whether it's entertainment, business, or science, or sports, or whatever, and try to figure out what it's like to be a woman right now, what it was like, and what it will be in the future. On today's episode, I talk with one of my really good friends, Tiki Rao Good, owner of Medium Studios and creator on the social blog, Good Global. We really dig into how growing up in India affected her viewpoints on business and even relationships here in Los Angeles, and how she thinks that there aren't enough women taking advantage of the opportunities they have here in the States, opportunities that she would have had to fight for back in India. Yeah, but don't, I don't, there's no room for humility here, obviously. Obviously, look Have you I'm met me? To. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. That's what I was I am the antithesis of that. Now, don't, oh, yeah. hold on. All right, about humility, okay. I think it's overrated. I think there's a difference between being an arrogant prick. Right. Okay. An and loving yourself. Yeah. But loving other people too. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I love me some me. But I love you too, Tiki. I think you're pretty awesome. I just think more people should say how awesome they are. Is that wrong? Does that make no. me a jerk? No. No. I mean, you have to self-love. Otherwise, it's just... It's just self. Nobody wants, just, nobody wants to be... What is that? Nobody wants self. <laughs> no, I mean, it, that's the difference between being an arrogant prick is if you only think that you're just the shit and everybody else is not as good as you. Is shit. See, now, what's the difference? The shit versus shit. Yeah. Either way, you're still shit. Either so way. I think we're all equal. Yeah. That. We're all just shitty human beings. That's what it's come down to now. Guys, uh, this is the Understanding Podcast, learning from successful women, and I'm Ray Holdridge, the host, and I am so thankful to be sitting down with my very good friend, Tiki Good. Tiki, say hi to the four people listening right now. Hi, four people. <laughs> well, I know honest? that we have one audience in um, Kellen, so... Yes, and your, your, your boo, <laughs> husband, lover, sweet man of her dreams... Uh, that was not Kellen, creepy at all. Kellen Good. Was it? Was that, was that too much? That was Did a little too much. Too Damn it! Idiot! <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Thank you, Kellen. So we're, uh, yeah, we're here recording at Medium Studios, yep. one of your second local studio here in North Hollywood, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty bitchin'. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for hosting us, Kellen and Tiki, because, yeah. you know, that, that you're involved in that too. Yeah. You're involved in a lot of things. Uh, two. Primarily, yeah. Well, you've done a lot of things, at least from the conversations we've had. Yeah. Off mic. It's been a, it's been a long road yeah. to here, but I'm very happy with where we're at now with the two, I guess, companies that me and Kellen have together. Talk about that. Like, let, let's get into it right now. Tell yeah. us, tell me, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, and yeah, give me this basic rundown of Tiki Good. I was born in LA, but I was brought up in India and I moved to LA in 2013, you know, did had four bar jobs, interned at, you know, unpaid internships at places just to get my resume back on track because apparently Bollywood resume does not work <laughs> here. Um, and so I just, you know, kind of worked through it. And then now me and Kellen have the Medium Studios, which is a recording slash music production company. And we're trying to do a lot of music licensing for mm-hmm. te- film, television, commercials and stuff like that. And the other thing that I've recently started is my blog, which is um, called Good Global, which is also with Kellen, and it's going to be based on 
fashion, food, music, um, just life in general, what we do. And we love to travel. We're kind of gypsies that way. So it's going to be really fun to be able to incorporate that little aspect into just our traveling stuff too and just yeah. make it awesome. What, what got you interested in wanting to do blogs and, and things like that? I've always wanted to be a writer. That was what my, my basic passion was. Um, I've have a small book that I've printed out and it's published sort of short stories, poems and stuff like that. So I've always been really passionate about writing and I love to travel and I love food and I love music. So I just thought this was kind of the best way to incorporate all of that together. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm fashionable very much, but I have a very different look. Which Hold on. You post a lot of pictures on that Insta though, yeah. where you're doing the entire fashion <laughs> shtick. Like, hey, look at me. I'm a tan Indian woman, but I'm wearing these But I'm not tan though. That's just jeans. my color. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's just my color. That's, 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 just, that's, that's just, just the skin tone. It comes with being an Indian. Yeah. it yeah. No, I get it. As, as half Mexican, I am born with a similar yeah. skin tone. So, so you know. So I do know. Yeah. I do know that. Yeah. But I don't. But I don't do the fashion stuff like you do. Uh, your Instagram. You have a lot of that stuff, though. You take a lot of great pictures. Were you? A, did you do modeling out I of India? Or did yeah. I started modeling when I was eighteen back home in India, and um, not any big projects, stuff like that, because I didn't want to do that as my main focus. Like I said, I wanted to always write. So I just did that to get like extra pocket money and stuff like that. And even when I moved to LA for in the beginning, just you know, I was freelancing a lot. So just for side money, extra pocket money and stuff like that, I would just model for small stuff and on the side. On the side, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell me about India then. I mean, you came here in 2013. It's only that's only been what four, five, five years. Yeah, October will be my five year anniversary wow, in LA. That, that's that's crazy. So, and how old were you when you came? Uh, I can't 20, do that much math, but 25, 25, <laughs> I think I was like right. 24, 25, 24, 25. Yeah. So really that, I mean, that must've been a, it was that a big cultural shift. What was it like in India? Like what got you into wanting to do, I mean, was it the Bollywood movement that was going on? What, what got you interested? Um, I actually, uh, it's so weird. Cause people ask me that what, what interests me about films and why I wanted to get into it. But I think for me, it was just the whole beauty and, aspect of the fact that you, something that's some, in somebody's head is on paper and then it's just in front of you on a screen and it's just fascinating to me always that it, people just write these words and put them together and then there's something so beautiful comes out of it and so that's just what got me into films and I initially wanted to be an actor but then once I went to film school and stuff like that I you know, started doing screenwriting lessons and I got a lot more interested in that and then I wanted to go into the direction side. Um, so after college, I worked in Bollywood for about three years and then realized this is shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not, I do not want to be a part of this anymore. Like a part of Bollywood or yeah. just about entertainment? In no, Bollywood. Why? Now what, yeah, what's the difference? I think that that gets thrown around a lot, especially here in Los Angeles. Yeah. What is, is it just the play on Hollywood? It's just the Indian version of Hollywood yeah. or is that a genre? No. So it's basically just the Indian version of Bollywood. Uh, sorry, Indian version of Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. I just could never, and because I worked on a lot of um, films. Like my first job was with Sudhir Mishra. He's a huge director. Uh, say in, that name one more time. Sudhir Mishra. I'm going to say that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but I had a really bad experience with him at his company. It was an unpaid internship stuff, but whatever. 
so I've worked in a lot of different kinds of atmospheres in Bollywood. And just the one thing that always came out of all of those experiences was that I just do not want to be a part of Bollywood because mm. being a woman, you get mistreated a lot and get taken advantage of a lot. And then at the same time, it's just, I could also not be a part of something that was so illogical all the time. And like just the, just the whole concept of Bollywood films to me was just not at all. Let, let's go back into it because this is this the point of this podcast too is to learn and understand what it's like to be a woman in a lot of these different fields. In Bollywood specifically, I think this is this is really interesting because is it, it is another country. Yeah. And from what I know, which isn't much about India, and I think a lot of Americans think about they they when they think about India they know it from what they've seen on TV, right. the little bit that you take the time to read about it. And it does come off as a few steps behind mm -hmm. in terms of the culture in terms of civil rights and things like that. Right. Where at least all the way it's put on is you have arranged marriages, you know, you have the woman having to have her place. So you're saying that that was infused a lot with the entertainment side, which is very different than here. Yeah. Whereas it seems very progressive. Right. Especially recently. Yeah. So... I mean, there are obviously uh, urban cities in India are different now. They're a lot more westernized, uh, but there are still villages there that um, do. Or, like recently, actually, I saw a news article about a village in Rajasthan. A six-year-old girl got married to a 34-year-old man. Wow. So child marriage is still a thing <laughs> in India. <laughs> Jeez. And to me, that's just baffling because in 2018, if we're still okay with a six-year-old girl getting married to a 34-year-old man, there's something seriously wrong with society. Mm -hmm. And with people, adults, sitting all around watching this wedding happen and just not doing anything about it, that's fucked up. I don't yeah. know if I can use that No, word. you can say that because that's <laughs> exactly, it, it. to me especially, it's fucked up. Yeah. God forbid I think about my little sister or something having to go through that at that age. Yeah. So you now, so then, and the Bollywood is pretty new, right? I mean, in in terms of it growing, is it is it a recent no, it's been, it's been around for a, around long, time, for a right? long time. So you're, but you're working then with men and people in power that this is the culture they grew up in. Yeah, because especially with the first job that I mentioned, he was a much older guy and he mm -hmm. was also from a small city in India. So for him, his mentality, his, I guess, bringing up was very different than what, how I was brought up. Um, and so for him, because I even, I remember even going and complaining to him about, stuff that was happening and he would just tell me yeah I'll take care of it I'll talk to them and nothing ever happened and so eventually wow. I had to leave because it escalated and I just didn't know what else to do because I was clearly he was not going to help me right so I, and that must have been you're I mean you're a very fiery person I, I'm yeah. not surprised at all that you would rather be the one in control of a story versus the one just portraying it right. you know as a writer yeah so that must have been really stressful it was more than stressful it was infuriating because i'm sitting there in front of you and i'm telling you that i'm getting sexually harassed at the workplace which you're in charge of and you're not doing anything about it and you're telling the person that's doing it to me to a point where now he's stalking me where he's following me home that's wow. not okay and you're not doing anything and then once i left then he started calling me and texting me and apologizing because he figured that i was doing all the work when this, the guy who was bothering me took all the credit. Right. So when I left, he realized that I was the one doing all the work. And so he started 
bombarded with emails and calls. And <laughs> All like, of a sudden, you have value. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. And I was the only girl in that whole office, which is also extremely sad. Why am I the only girl in that workplace? How will you not? And that's exactly why, because I'm sure he cannot hold down a female employee. Right. And especially, I mean, it's access into that world is probably not easy. Is it easy for women to get into it? I mean, I mean, obviously. it's easy if you want to just do what they ask you to do. Right. There's a lot of Wink, that. wink, yeah. odd tone. There's yeah. a lot of casting couch issues still going on wow. there, which is not just for casting. It's just every couch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, it's difficult and it's frustrating because you know what you can do as a, and as a employee and you, you know, for me at least, like I knew I'm a, I know I'm a hardworking person. I knew I would kick, kill it and just, I would have been great at that job, but I just, eventually got to a point where I was scared to get out of my car to go into my own apartment because this guy was behind me in his right. car with a brother friend. So it's like, I'm not going to be somewhere <laughs> where I'm not safe. So you obviously so. said, okay, uh, bye, Felicia. I get said, fuck you. <laughs> okay, that's better. <laughs> yeah, that's I said, fuck you and fuck this, I'm out. Right. And I, yeah, I just... Peace out. So what did you do? And and so when was that? What did you do after you left that company? Did you continue working in India? And, yeah, yeah. That was my first job. Okay, that was your very first one. Yeah. Welcome to Bollywood. Exactly. Wow. That's exactly what it was. Okay. And then shit just kept going. Like every experience was different, but also so similar mm-hmm. in Bollywood. Just the whole thing of, oh, you know, we can't give you too much work because you're a woman, so you won't be able to. I was like, that's not fucking true. As a right. woman, I can't handle more work than anybody. <laughs> but uh, it just got it just got too frustrating and too stressful. Every mm-hmm. set I worked was just a nightmare. Something was happening. Something Some was weird always position. off. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so, 2013, I said, "Screw this!" and packed my bags and moved. Moved. Great. Yeah. So let's talk about that. What <laughs> was what was that like leaving India, leaving that atmosphere? To move, did you come straight to Los Angeles? Yeah. Wow. And what was that like? Um, I was so ready for that though. I just wanted to. I just wanted a fresh start. It was a lot of baggage and a lot of shit that I had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I, I mean, it was a little scary, obviously, because I didn't know anybody here. I left my family, my friends, everything. Literally went to the other side of the world. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously I visited a lot and my brother, uh, used to be here. Not, he was not in LA, he was up North, but he was around in California, but it was still just like starting literally to learning how to walk. It was kind of right. like that. Cause I had to learn how to drive cause it was the other side of the road, right. <laughs> all that stuff. So I st- it was a big culture, big culture shock. Um, not really because I, for some reason I've always kind of been Westernized a little mm. bit more than. I guess other Indians, I don't know. I just kind of grew up, you know, watching a lot of American film and television and just, you know, reading a lot of comics and stuff like that. So I guess I guess I was always kind of westernized. So it was not that much of a difference, but once obviously once you start getting into the life and how it is here, it's there are certain things for me that I have to get used to, like the driving part right. and the stuff like that. What so, else other than the driving part? What was like one of the big ones that you kind of first noticed? Like, whoa, this is a big different than than India. Um, I guess just the, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just, you know, just the way the people here are too. Like they're just, it's so strange because they're so welcoming 
But at the same time, in, especially in LA at least, majority of the people are so superficial. Mm. Where it's just like a fake welcoming. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I think I think I do. It's it's this they put on the face. Yeah. Everything's great, yeah. but I'm falling apart inside. Right. The simple <laughs> fact of like any <sighs> store you enter or whatever, they'll be like, Hi, how are you? And then have a nice day. That's that was weird getting used to and I was like, Oh, I have to respond. I oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Like that's not something that we do in India at all. Right. So that was weird to get used to also. But People saying hi. Yeah, just randomly. <laughs> just uh. going in to get some coffee. Hi, how are you? Um, fine. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. I'm like, oh, okay, you too, I guess. Oh. But yeah, that was only it. that was it actually. The driving part was the What did your family was, think about it? What like how did your family react to you taking off halfway around the world? I didn't really care either way. <laughs> like to me, dude, we wouldn't Sorry, have Sorry, Mom and Dad, I'm, I'm out. out of here. I'm out. Yeah, I mean obviously they were you know, a little sad that both their kids are not going to be across the world. But I had to do what I had to do. I had to get right. out of there. I had to just start fresh, start a new life. And I'm glad I did because I did, wouldn't have met Kellen. Oh, that's loves her. I'm going to puke. No, that's great. Okay, yeah. so, but how did they react? I mean, they knew what you were growing up around, what you were working on. How did they react? They didn't know. They I didn't, never told Oh, they anybody. didn't know. Okay. No. I did didn't I tell anybody. Now? Oh, God. Uh, they know certain aspects of it. Okay, and that's yeah. probably that's probably good enough. Yeah, like, they don't need what? to know the details of yeah. everything so you get okay cool so you get here you have your culture shock of people saying hi to you that's yeah. weird okay uh <laughs> yeah. driving on the other side of the road awesome so what was the first thing you did i mean obviously you had to work so you were interested in writing doing that you you interned at places where do you end up yeah so uh, well f- obviously to make money i had to have bar jobs who, so i had who hasn't right who hasn't worked so i had a cocktail serving job and i had a server job and so four different jobs at the same time. And then I was interning at a place called um, India Take One Productions, which is uh, they helped executive produce films like Zero Dark Thirty, Life of Pi, and all those films. So Not, you know, little movies, little Just, things. Yeah, you <laughs> might have not heard of those films. But um, yeah, and that was fun because I did a lot of research for... Um, so I, the owner of the company actually just did his directorial debut called Love, Sonia, and it's about human sex trafficking. And wow. so he's been working on that film for about 13 years now. And so when I first worked there, I was helping him research and all that stuff about that film. And it was, and I told him when my internship ended that whenever he starts to make this film, I want to be a part of it because that's something that I want to eventually, whenever I start making money, I want to help rescue those girls. Yeah. Because um, he's done that too. And he told me that he can always help me get in touch with people who can put me in the stuff. And so... Um, when he did start production on the film, he called me on board and I was a part of the LA team because it was shot, a um, majority of it was shot in India mm-hmm. and there were a few th- weeks of shoot in LA, but I was a part of the LA team and it was very inspiring to be a part of that project just because that's something that I strongly believe in that I want to, you know, help eradicate because that's just horrible. Yeah, it's so. it's terrible. What yeah. was that? Wow, I didn't know that that was something you did or you were involved in. Mm-hmm. So what what did you learn from that? Like just it's it's so sad because the because when so when I was doing the research I had to find like real life stories for him to add to his presentation and stuff like that and those couple of weeks were I think some of the hardest weeks of my life is just because every day I would go home after work and just ball my eyes out because of the stories that I was reading and it's just so sad to know that some 
like in some countries, the parents will just sell the kid for like $500. They would sell their kid to the trafficker. And they would just, the way they would break them in is just, it's not. Right. It's, it's, it's a, a horrible, horrible life to live at that point. And so that's what I want to get involved in in the future is help rescue these women. And my ex-boss, I guess, he used to, he's done that a few times. And so he introduced me to one of the women at the shelter who, when they are rescued, they take them there and, they, you know, it's kind of a rehab for them. And um, so I have, I'm still in touch with her here and there. And so I'm going to, once I have my companies sort of settled down and right. I have time and money to actually go in after it 100%, I want to yeah. do that a lot more. Wow. That's, that's intense. Yeah. That, that must have been something reading. <laughs> that's a lot to go home with. Yeah. yeah. Every day it's, it's. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much. Right. It's not even a lot. It's just too much. And the amount that it's around in the world is awful. That's why I'm that's why I constantly say that humanity sucks because <laughs> the way that we treat people, not just even women, but just people in general and to each other, it's just awful to see. Is that what you think is the biggest I mean that's sometimes I think about that that America especially is in this bubble. Yeah. Where we do not, we have really no idea what it's like for other people in other countries, especially yeah. in countries that aren't first world. Right. That we can't, we can't understand what it's like that, hey, your cousin was just sold for $500 yeah. because your auntie couldn't afford to keep him around. Right. Like that, do you think that that's, that's a huge something you notice a lot that this bubble uh, compared to I don't the think the it's a bubble. I think it's just some thing that people ignore they don't mm. because a lot of people know if you start to talk about this information with people they will know about it they will have answers to give back they'll have things to say in return to you and so i don't think it's in a it's that it's we're in a bubble i think we're just so quick to just ignore something that's not affecting us directly right. to a point where yeah but how much is that really affecting my life not really so i'm just gonna look this way and walk away right. and i think that's the one of the biggest problems that we have as a society nowadays is that we just look away when it's not about us mm. and that sucks. No, that <laughs> I'm guilty of it. I mean, that's, a, that's the, that's the crappy part is like, you think about that. Like yeah. we've all done it. Everyone has yeah. done it. Absolutely. You know, I've done it sometimes, yeah. but you know, but, but there's only so much also you can do because you have to take care of yourself too. But at the end of the day, if you, if you're doing okay, then just make sure that others are doing okay. Right. So after you work on this happy film, yeah. <laughs> after yeah. after let's go ahead and go to a little bit of lighter. Yeah. After after you work on this um, this film, which obviously was I impactful, mm -hmm. and working with what was his name again? Tabriz Nurani. Tabri again, I'm gonna let you say these, <laughs> so I don't sound terribly ignorant. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else did you do? What did you end up doing after that? Um, one of the most fun jobs I had was um, in the art department of um, season eight for Castle. The TV show. Sweet. Yeah. That was awesome. a, unfortunately the last season of it, but I had so much fun because I was a huge fan of the show. Me and yeah. my dad used to constantly watch it back home in India together and stuff. And so it was a lot of fun to work on that set. And yeah, that was a fun yeah. job. Okay. So you did a lot of, you're working on the film, you're working in the television side. Mm -hmm. How did you get hooked up to, you know what, I'm going to now build this music production company? Um, was that solely because you met that ridiculously handsome Texan guy over there, <laughs> Kellen? Or was that always something you found yourself, you know, you're kind of used to wanting to be the boss lady? Um, that's partly it. <laughs> because it's also just, you know, it's, I've, it's just such a 
thing where you have to work nine to five or whatever. And sometimes you get lucky where you love your job and the people that you work with. And when you're in my case, you get unlucky most of the times where it's just, it's a good job, but the boss sucks and whatever. Like there's a lot of situations like that. One job that I had was in marketing that I loved and I would have been there forever, but the company went under. Mm. So after that, I was like, this is happening too much. Like, you know, so at some point you just have to kind of wake up and say, if I can do this for somebody else and make that happen, I can do it for myself. And I have a great talent in Kellen that people need to realize and see. And so, um, you know, just kind of, we both together sat down one day and said, you know, fuck this. Why are we working so hard for other people when we can do it for ourselves and just live comfortable life? Right. Um, and then with the blogging it's because, you know, I wanted to be a writer. And so, and that's still your way of, of connecting with the world and, and sharing things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I didn't realize this, or I guess I forgot, but my mom told me recently, uh, when we just took the plunge and was we're focusing on medium and stuff, she said when I was younger, apparently I told her um, that when I'm successful and I have money, I want to open a recording studio for local bands. What? <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's so weird. Okay. Especially, yeah, I feel like the bands in India are the, is different. There are, the bands here yeah, it's actually, <laughs> they don't have bands in India. I mean, they're now starting to because it's more westernized, right. but there's no such thing. There was no concept of a band in India. Are they going through their own, like, band like music renaissance like are they about to hit the 80s grunge rock 90s grunge rock type thing no so that's are they going through are, are there indian boy bands that's what i know is we're the yeah. indian in sync no there isn't yeah. that's what i'm saying there are no indian bands so it's just the only music that is in india is from the soundtracks of the films of bollywood oh really yeah wow yeah and i so did now not know the that. small bands that are coming up are like people like from my high school and stuff are like oh we'll make a metal band or something why not so so it seems okay so that wow that's interesting yeah. I, I didn't realize that it was really the music in film is really because here it's not like that right. obviously because there is no music in film really but i mean you have soundtrack like now right. yeah right symphony piece like you you hear those all the time these big which is personally my favorite yeah um but we certainly you're not rocking john williams usually down no. the street you know but he's like yeah i heard this song on the you know john williams soundtrack yeah. But in India, mm-hmm. it seems like Bollywood especially is such a a centerpiece yeah. of, of Indian culture. It's just, you know, that's where all the random, let's stand in a park and dance around trees comes from. Right. It's from the films that have... <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, a, that's what I'm saying. It's so, it's just ridiculous. The whole concept of Bollywood was, to me, just ridiculous. I know mm-hmm. people love it and to each their own, but for me, it was too ridiculous to be a part of. So what did you, because that happened, I... I remember consciously starting to become aware yeah. of Indian films, especially, I want to say, in 2008, 2009. I know for sure Slumdog yeah. Millionaire right. was like the big... Yeah, see, you roll your eyes. She rolled her eyes hard <laughs> when I mentioned that one, which is interesting because you don't yeah. like you don't necessarily like that film or like what it portrayed. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I have nothing against the film. I just don't appreciate the way India was portrayed in that film because yeah. the only thing and the only side of India you saw was the slums and the, you know, poor people and the poverty and the, all that stuff. And that's, yeah, there, that's a part of India, but then there's a whole different part of India that's beautiful. And, you know, that was never shown. And possibly misogynistic and culturally behind. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's so where do you find that line? Do you ever find yourself? I mean, that's your home at the end of the day too. Like that's where you're from, but do you, so you don't you don't 
you, she scrunched her face at me <laughs> when I said that. She, so how do you, how do you balance that with knowing that as much as you're from Indian, it's a, it is a beauty, has a lot of beauty to it. Yeah. Having to confront the ugliness aspect. I mean, I guess every culture has that. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I guess that's part of the reason I left was because it was just getting too much for me. Mm. And I mean, I had already had gone through a lot of shit in my life. And so it was just kind of like a reset for me when I moved here. Cause I was like, I'm just going to leave that there and I'm not going to let it affect me in my future, which let's face it, that it's going to happen. It's your baggage. You're going to carry it everywhere. Right. But <clears throat> it was a good reset because just the whole, even that difference where women in India are not, are still considered once you're married, you're going to just be a housewife. And you're going to have kids. Right. And you're just going to take care of your husband and all that bullshit. You come here. And <laughs> hey, <then> <laughs> there are happy people who have happy lives. That's true. Mm. Just, well. <laughs> mm. Are they, though? Are they happy, though? Um, but then you come here where, you know, it's all about women equality and empowerment and women in the workplace and all that stuff, which is great to see. Obviously, it has its own little negatives and dark sides too right. but everything does right um so that for me was that's why every time like somebody says oh you're indian i'm like yeah i am indian and i am proud of it i'm proud of my culture i'm proud mm -hmm. of who i am and where i'm from but there are a lot of parts of that that i'm not 100 percent proud of right right so so you definitely you're you're fully committed to the american lifestyle yeah in its good aspects in the good way yeah <laughs> <laughs> just the good parts of it right yeah right Awesome. Real quick, we're gonna we're gonna cut this part because I want to see what's our time at. Uh, it looks like we're at thirty minutes right now. Okay, great. Awesome. Freaking sweet. Perfect. Thirty. Yeah. So tell me more. So let's. I, I'm curious to know how you met Kellen. Not yeah. to go on a rant that your relationship—it's important, <laughs> you know, woman and her man. But do you have a man? It's just that you guys have obviously built a, a business yeah. together as well. Yeah. Um. When, how'd you guys meet? Um, so my first job, one of my first jobs that I had was <clears throat> a cocktail server at three clubs in Hollywood. Yeah, I know the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was working when I, and so his sister was bartending with me. So she and me, we would work Friday and Saturday nights together pretty much every weekend. And so he used to come in Saturday nights to get free alcohol and get smashed. <laughs> because, <laughs> because of his sister um and i guess that he says that he saw me working but he didn't he didn't want to approach me because he thought i was 18 which i think is well, ridiculous okay. because how am i serving alcohol if i'm 18 um, well it is los angeles you know you got to do what you got to do to make a book yeah <laughs> um and yeah i mean i i saw him there too and i thought he was really cute and then i went over to their house one day just to hang out for like sunday funday thing whatever and then yeah we just ended up talking and then he came again one saturday and he was way too drunk to drive so he was waiting for his sister to close out and we got to talking again and uh, the first time he said he was going to ask me out was because i was wearing skull pants <laughs> so he was very intrigued by those but yeah i just kind of took it from there and started talking about what our passions were and you know stuff like that and he showed me some of his music which i thought was incredible mm -hmm. and then you know i showed him some of my writing which he liked so it kind of just like went from there and we started talking about <clears throat> and then he interned at a studio in glendale and it was an unpaid internship which is you know it's fine but they said that even if he brought clients in he would only make 20 percent of what the 
client would pay. Right. To me, that sounded absolutely ridiculous because one, he's doing all the hard work of bringing this client in. He's going to work on their tracks and everything. And then you're going to take 80% away. Right. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and so that's when I told him, I was like, fuck all this. Let's just start our own company where we make 100% of the profit because we're doing all the hard work of bringing these people in. Mm -hmm. And so that's when it first started happening, when we started talking about medium and stuff like that. Um, but we couldn't go full force with it because obviously we had to have money, to right. nine to five jobs. Um, and then recently we both were just like, we're so sick of this, being miserable at our jobs and Obviously, our end goal is to just make medium successful where we can make money off of that. So why not just focus on that 100%? Yeah. So then we both quit our jobs and there here we go. are. <laughs> here there we are. So what was that like? I mean, with, and I say this because it's so recent that your move from India, uh, culturally, what was it dating out here? Again, not to get stuck up on the dating, on the fact that it's, what's it like being a woman to date as much as what's it like dealing with a different dating culture? Right, so again, because it's not arranged, you know, that's a thing. Right. Me being an ignorant American in, in what India is, I just know from what I've seen is like, oh, there is arranged marriages. I don't know what dating is really fully like or expected. Well, there, so there are a few arranged marriages here and there. Like my cousin's sister, my mom's sister's daughter, her marriage was arranged. Um, but back in the day, too, when arranged marriages were everything, my parents were not arranged, they had a love marriage. My dad actually ran away from home to marry my Peace. mom. <laughs> Because uh, she was, you know, she's four years older than him, which is also not allowed in India. And really? Yeah. They were from two different um, cultures. That was also not allowed. So it was a whole thing. So in India, dating is actually not, again, it's changing now because it's becoming very westernized. But even when I was there, it's not really dating. You like somebody and then you tell them that you like them, whatever, and then you agree to be boyfriend, girlfriend. And only then is it a relationship. Right. So there is no such thing as dating as such because that's what leads up to the relationship part, but you just go full swing into a relationship, which mm -hmm. sucks <laughs> because you don't know the <laughs> asshole that you're dating. So it's too late. So you get fucked over. So much. you got to know this asshole yeah. as well as possible. Kellen, sorry. Just, yeah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to know, so you, you got a time to figure out to learn Kellen. That's how you guys, yeah. obviously you built. Yeah. We hung out for like a month before we even talked about getting serious and stuff like that. And, one of the things that made me kind of sure about him was when I, when I saw that there was something serious happening, I sat him down and I told him my whole ugly past of everything that I've been through. And I was like, if Hit you want to... with a ton of bricks. Yeah, because I was like, I'm not going to waste my time and date you for six months and really like you and then tell you and then you're going to leave and then I'm just heartbroken. I'm not going right. to do that. So I was like, if you want to leave now, you're more than welcome. There's no hard feelings. I'm going to do my thing. You do yours. Um, this was after like a month in. Right. And he just literally looked at me and was like, all right, do, yeah, do you want another drink? I was like, okay, <laughs> yes, I do. I do that's, want another that's, drink. That's pretty much Kellen in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Want another drink? <laughs> yeah. right. Do you want another beer? Yeah, I do. So what are you guys working on right now? Like what, what's, wh where's Medium Studios and, and what's your main focus? Because you said you are um, music production, but you also mm -hmm. do film. Yeah, so right now we actually have two projects that we're working on. One is a uh, short documentary film, which you referred what? to us. What? No. <laughs> what? That's what this whole podcast was about. Oh, wasn't yeah, it? exactly. Just, it was the you favor. You just wanted that. Listen, yeah. I gave you a favor. <laughs> this is Hook all you want. I need a voice. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, they, it's a documentary series. They're trying to uh, pitch it to Netflix, and if it gets picked up, they'll have nine more episodes of it. And we really hope they, 
it gets picked up because it they're gonna really come. Cool to, yeah, it is. Yeah, it really um, because they're gonna come to us for all the episodes for the post sound. So that's what one thing that we're working on. And then another company uh, recently uh, really liked the stuff Kellen does, and so we're working with them on some licensing stuff. So they we are working on four tracks with them. So we send them rever- revisions and stuff, and so hopefully they get synced somewhere and we can make money to survive. Right. So what but. was what's that what's that like building your own company and then dealing with people now in a business sense as a woman coming from where you've come from. Right. I mean with the history you had in India and dealing with that what what has it been like for you in this field now. And, right. and now that you're you're not just an actress, you're not just yeah. a writer or behind the scenes production uh, person. You're the one trying to build this business and right. make it into something. Yeah. So, what are some of the what are some of the struggles, or even just some of the good stuff that you've been dealing with that maybe surprised you? Um, I think one of the good things is the fact that I am a woman. That really helps because the just the way women think is very different. We're always, you know, going to be prepared, over prepared, over <laughs> over prepared for everything that happens, and we can be a little pushy. Sometimes, which I think really helps as a businesswoman, because we're, you know, a growing company, we just kind of started off. Um, it's important for people to know what we can do for mm-hmm. them, for their clients, whatever it is that they're looking for. And it just kind of, I think one of the things that I constantly get um, in, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> one of the things that I constantly uh, have a problem with is just the fact that having people open my emails because obviously they don't know where it's right. coming from. And so what are you going to do? You can't force them to see it. So I'll just keep, you know, pushing, pushing till somebody responds <laughs> to me. Um, but it's, it's, it's just, you know, the different strategies that you can take to make your company big. It's just, it's a lot of sitting down and just kind of resetting every week to see what other steps you can take and what other directions you can take your company, what other directions you can use, whatever, whatever, whatever contacts that you have because I've worked in film and television for I think about three years now I have a pretty good network base which I'm you know reaching out to and helping and stuff like that um I have a lunch next week with my ex-boss um at Netflix awesome that's where he works and so I'm gonna you know sort of try and talk to him and see if he has you know some contacts that we can use or and stuff like that so it it does absolutely help to have a good network base because it does at the end of the day mean that you if the people that you know are the people that are going to help you not always but, <laughs> um but yeah most of the time there you know you always one thing that to realize is because it, you're a growing new company never be afraid to ask for help because nobody got to where they are without asking for help and that's interesting that you say that because i i had a, a similar conversation with that uh, in our previous episode with Ashley, where it seems like you want women are, are the idea is that a woman is afraid to ask, right? right? I mean, the reason one of the fight backs on the reason why there's a percentage of pay and things like that is because you just don't ask for the raise. You don't push for that. Mm -hmm. So you obviously don't have that problem, (laughs) you know, was that a lot of because of how you grew up or did you have this mindset change, you know, like, fuck it, I am going to push until somebody does what I need them to do. No, I think I've always kind of been like that because I've realized, um, unfortunately, at a young age, I realized that women are always going to be 
perceived in society as less than. Mm. And so to not let that affect me on my career, because I was always, I've always been an ambitious person. Like I wanted to make something of myself. I wanted my career to go a certain way. I wanted to be a certain, I mean, obviously everybody has, oh, by this age, I want to have this accomplished and stuff, which that never works out. But the life you lead will take you into very interesting places and how you react to that is very important because then you learn from every experience. And that's one thing that I constantly kept learning from a young age, being in Bollywood, even here in the U.S., is that if you are not going to believe in yourself and push for other people to believe in you, nobody is going to. Mm-hmm. And unless you are confident that you are good at what you do and you know what you're doing, you are not going to make the other person realize that. So the only other way to do that when nobody knows who you are is to push to make them see you. And so that's just something that I've always kind of done is because I want people to see what I'm capable of doing as a career person. Right. As a business person, not just a woman. No. So do you think that women in America have that big advantage because there is such a push for that? Yes. Especially now? Compared to India, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How would you feel? Do you think, though, that they take advantage of it? Who, the women? Yeah, here in America. Like, do we, is there, are there enough women taking advantage of that? Because you come from somewhere you didn't have that. So you're used to the push, push, fight mentality. Basically, it's like someone who's living in a big city goes to a small city and says, why aren't people, why aren't you guys hustling like crazy, you know? It's the same. You're so used to having to push so hard. Mm -hmm. Then you come here. Was that different? Um, Did you find that it was easier to push forward or was it the same? Well, I think one of the things that is really great about the U.S. is that since you're in college, since you're in high school, you have so many, man or woman, whatever, you have opportunities to go out there and start your career at a very young age, which is not a thing in India. You cannot work till you are out of college. And there is no such thing as, oh, I'll get a job at Starbucks till I can afford to whatever, or bartender. That's not a thing at all. So for me, even that was very different to come from working in Bollywood to then having to bartend for the longest time to make money was kind of strange. I loved it. I still miss bartending, but (laughs) that was a strange shift for me. So... You know, that being said, it is a lot more, there are a lot more opportunities in the U.S. for people. And I think that in some way that is not taken the right way. Because there are a lot of people that can could have done a lot more in their time that they had than they actually have achieved. Mm-hmm. And so I've met women in my work you know, my jobs and stuff that are just such hustlers and such just boss women. Like they crush it single, every single day they come into the office and they just crush the shit out of every job (laughs) that they do. And it's very inspiring to see that. But the unfortunate part is that there are very few of those women around. Right. And so that's one other thing that with me as, I guess, the owner of Medium is that one thing I want to do is whenever, if ever we become big enough to have employees, I want to start by hiring women so that I can show to them that you don't have to just sit around and wait for things. You can make them happen mm-hmm. and teach women to just all, not that I'm saying that I'm great at it or whatever, because well, you're pretty good. Not, <laughs> not many people can say that they own their own production company. I mean, that's, that's pretty stellar. Right. So freaking own that. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I shouldn't have to tell you that girl. I know. You know, I'm a, here he is mansplaining <laughs> how mansplaining. to, how to appreciate your accomplishments. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's one thing that I really want to push whenever Medium gets big enough to have employees is just, you know, 
man or woman, as long as you crush it every single day, you will get to where you need to be. And so the opportunities that are given to you, you should always take full advantage of that. And I learned that the hard way because, like I said, that's not a thing in India. Yeah. So for me to come here and see all these people getting these amazing opportunities and not making the best of it was just kind of like, come on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Right. But yeah, that's a huge difference. And I think that's a great message. I think that's a, that's a really great message. And really, one of the things that I, why I wanted to talk to you, because you come from a place that is so different, especially in the way that it looks towards women towards women in business, towards women in entertainment and in life in general. And I wanted to get your viewpoint on that. And it's awesome. And I love that. So what's the one big message as we come down to the clock here? (laughs) What's the one big thing that you would want a woman who maybe she's 24, 25, she's just getting her life started or younger, whatever. What's that piece of advice that you would give them? I think it's just the same thing. Don't ever ever think that you cannot ask for help because you can always ask for help and the best thing to do is to ask for help because nobody got to where they are today without getting help mm-hmm. because you're new you need guidance you need advice ask for it don't be afraid to ask for help be it in the career be it in your personal life it's just always the best thing is to do is to ask for help it does not make you weak it does not make you less than if anything it makes you stronger because you have that confidence in knowing that okay I'm at a weird place, career-wise, life-wise, whatever it may be. It's more confidence to ask, I need your help. That's all I'm going to say. Awesome. <laughs> I think that's a pretty damn good thing to say. Yeah. Uh, Tiki, thank you so much for talking with me today yeah. on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you we'll, for having me. Yeah, we'll probably be doing this again because as you guys continue to grow and do more projects and stuff, I'm going to be interested to see where you guys are at. I'm sure yeah. the listeners are going to be interested to see where you're at. The all one f- that's left. All four. Okay. <laughs> no, I was going to say four, but you want to drop it down to one. That's just because I feel like I was bored. <laughs> No, far from it. Tiki has purple hair, guys. <laughs> She's the antithesis of boring. Seriously, though, Tiki, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you for letting me use Medium Studios here to record this. Anytime. Yeah, super appreciate it. Uh, where can we find you? Where can we find Medium Studios so that we can, so if anybody's listening, they want to check you guys out, where can they do that? Share some stuff. Yeah, uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as uh, Medium Studios, and that's M-I-I-D-I-U-M Studios. We also have a SoundCloud page, which has previews and songs of, you know, what Callum has produced, and they're up there. Uh, we also did a uh, five-song EP recently with our friend Jay Randy. He's a bi-coastal producer. Um, it's called Revenge of the Fifth, and it can be found on all um, platforms like Spotify and iTunes. And I just listened to that, and I dig it. Nice. I love it. I'm a, I'm a big... Um, not lyrical. What's the other word than lyrical? Help me, music guy. Instrumental. <laughs> instrumental fan. That that's what's great. It's a lot of a lot of yeah. electronic instrumentals, and I think it's really good. Yeah. I really like. Yeah, guys, please go check that out. The name of it again. Revenge of the fifth. Revenge of the fifth. Yeah. Tiki, thank you so much, and thank you guys for tuning into this podcast. Uh, please remember to give this episode a like. If you're li- listening on uh, Stitcher, give it a like. Give it a review. Give us some stars. Hopefully five. She has purple hair, guys. <laughs> Tiki's awesome. All right. Also, be sure to share with uh, all your family and loved ones. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Tiki, say bye to the people. Bye, one person. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thanks so much. Have a great day. This has been My Understanding, Learning from Successful Women. And I'm Ray Holdridge. Peace out.